Welcome to another episode of Threads in Enlightenment. As usual, this is one of my favorite parts of the podcast, is welcoming our guests and taking the time to thank them for coming to the podcast, because I know that they're coming with some commodities that I deem very expensive, their time. Time is one of the most precious commodities given to mankind. All of us have 24 hours. What we do with it is all up to us, and it tells us where we are and what we've done. The other is the journey. The journey house some powerful lessons, some information that is resides there to help guide us to become some powerful being. And I want to thank God for coming and trusting us with both of those precious commodities, his time and his journey. Doc, thank you for coming to Threads of Enlightenment. I appreciate this conversation. So thank you so much for bringing me on board. And truthfully, you know, I hope to add something to somebody's life out there. Somebody, at least one person in your audience maybe needs to hear this. Well, I'm sure. Um, I know your podcast is entitled that you have uh, The Question Guy, is it? You still have that one? I know you have a couple of them. Um, I've been telling my people for a long time, Doc, that we are designers. We are those that create things. And we have our journey that comes into our lives that usher us into becoming a servant. And so I want you to tell the folks all the things by which you are serving, reaching out to others right now. What is it? I know you're an author. You have Tell them about everything that you do. Well, that's a lot of conversation there. So you're right. Um, I have branded myself the question guy. And uh, that comes from the question guy podcast. And the podcast was actually birthed from COVID and the quarantine that resulted from COVID-19. There was a time, you know, in that era, so easily, what, two years ago or so, when we were all just kind of shut down. And in a conversation that we've had offline was that part of the human experience, we need to connect. So we need to physically see them. We need to talk to them. We need to experience, you know, their their union in our lives. And we lost that. Thank goodness we had technologies to kind of replace the one-on-one connection. Uh, so what I did was reach out to those people on, on my LinkedIn you know, network. And all I asked was, would you like to have a conversation? That, that was really the foundation of, of what moved forward. So what came after, uh, would you like to have a conversation? And from those conversations, for whatever the reason, uh, the people that I was connected, they were going through transformation. So they were, we were all kind of forced to look at ourselves in the mirror rather differently than we had before because we didn't have anything else to look at <laughs> yeah. because we're here at home. We've got our kids and our dogs and our cats and our partners. And people were making intentional changes yeah. in their life. They were making them intentionally. So I always say you could go one of two directions. You could do exactly what these people these people were doing, which was making intentional changes and that can mean anything so it can, um, i want to change my job i want to yeah, change yeah. my habit i want to change my thinking i want want to change my spouse yeah. whatever that looked like <laughs> um or they could take medication to whatever that looked like self-medicate or the doctor whatever that looked like and kind of uh numb the numb the pain yeah. numb the loneliness but the conversations the people who I, you know, those who I was talking to chose to make changes. So through meditation or through whatever practice, through journaling, that's where 
the podcast came. So it was initially called Level Up because I thought that was appropriate given that they were making those changes and wanting to share those stories. But my background as a college professor, you've called me doctor. So I'm a college professor by trade. Uh, I thought the question guy was more appropriate to the brand. The question guy podcast uh, was more appropriate to what I was trying to accomplish because what better way to start a conversation than with a probing question? (laughs) (laughs) But that's only the beginning. That is only the beginning of of that space. So, yeah, I do that on this space. I kind of ask those questions myself. So here you are, Doc, and um, uh, we talked earlier in online, and you had the opportunity to uh, delve into your database, if you will, at LinkedIn, and you began to reach out to folks, and they were eager, as you said, to talk with you and to talk to you about these. the, the common theme that you saw was changes. Now, when... You, this common theme was there amongst people as you were talking about and engaging in your conversation. Uh, was it more on a spiritual side? What was the deepness? Was it, what was that thread beyond um, uh, changing, if you will, that you began to notice more so versus one than the other? Some conversations did tap into, you know, the spiritual realm, whatever that meant. Yeah. To the individual, um, I don't typically tap into that. Uh, I'm very logical in my thought processes and very practical in my applications in terms of life. Um, but in reality, the conversations were it could be as something simple as I don't like my job and I want to do something more valuable with my time. Mm-hmm. They made some intentional changes around, and that quite literally have meant they still had one in COVID yeah. uh, to quit it, do something different yeah. now. Others, uh, there was a conversation that I had with somebody um, who's, you know, everything in terms of life she had. So the money, the, the cars, the, uh, you know, what others would be envious of. And all of a sudden it became meaningless yeah. to her. It became emptiness. And everything about her life she wanted to change and so she had to figure out what that meant so basically she took her own sabbatical uh and and, you know she went you know disconnected with both life uh you know work home family and really did a a deep dive to kind of find herself re-examine who she was and then from that one conversation, I had other conversations with people who were doing the same thing. And it wasn't necessarily as a result of COVID, yeah. but it was the result of their life's path mm-hmm. that eventually came to a head and said, I'm not happy. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to be happy. <laughs> At the very least, I want to be happy with waking up every morning. Yeah. And so being happy became a general theme. I want to be happy. I want to be um, satisfied mm-hmm. and I want to be fulfilled getting up, getting out of bed every day. Yeah, yeah. That's a thing. So, you, Doc, here you are um, in the midst of COVID, and we know that uh, that was for a lot of people because it was so abrupt that we all had mm-hmm. to stop and so forth. And you are now engaging in all these different types of conversation with people from all walks of life and so forth, dealing with all types of subjects. How are you responding to all of this information being 
exchanged and how did you begin to look at your life as you are hearing all of this information and seeing others uh, desiring to make change? Well, like I said before, my initial motivation was just to connect with people. Yeah. And so for my own sanity, you know, having those conversations and having every conversation was extremely important, was extremely valuable. So even this conversation... Yeah. Uh, one of many is still important in its own right. I felt privileged right, to have those conversations with people because they were willing to share their story with me. Mm -hmm. And that felt, you know, it feels good when somebody can, you know, I've had people say, nobody else knows this about me. Yeah. And knowing that I'm going to hold their confidence yeah. and that, that whatever they share is perfectly okay. You know, I've people have reconnected spiritually with past loved ones. People have made significant changes in how they treat themselves. You know, we have this phrase yeah. called self-love now, I think. Yeah. Um, but I think it's more than just self-love. It's really an appreciation for their own life. Yeah. Uh, they no longer take things for granted. Uh, so all these conversations then I consume because they're now a part of me. Mm -hmm. Being a part of me means that I had to take some different thoughts yeah. on how I'm living my own life. And I think that was as much a catalyst as other things that were going on that eventually I wrote a book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wrote a book called Walking the Path, A Leader's Journey. So let me talk to, you, talk to us a little about your book. Um, and we know where it came from, you said, from all of these. What was that thought like uh, when it first began to percolate within you of uh, writing a book? And where did you extract that information as far as that journey for your characters within the book? As you were saying, you knew that you had to make some changes and stuff like that. Um, where did that thought come from about a book? Well, this story is, uh, I, I always say the beginning, the catalyst or the birth of where this all comes from was with a conversation I had with a colleague. Um, now, I live here, and for your listeners, I live in Virginia, so I'm on the east coast of the contiguous USA, um, California, three hours away, the other side of the state. Yeah, I'm sorry, the other side of the country. We were having a conversation. And so he's kind of a little bit older than I am, and he's, I would always say he's a bit more successful career-wise. Um, long story short, you don't have a book? This is what he asked me. I don't have a book. I don't have a book. I didn't have a book. I mean, you know, I did, you know, I have three different careers. I've been a mental health professional. I was a IT professional and a college professor. I don't have a book. And so I, I say, I, I, I go back to my mentor who is now a really good friend. And I say, I don't have a book. <laughs> and he said, well, what do you want to write about? And I said, I don't know. I don't know what I want to write about. Well, he said, you're always telling stories and people are always telling you stories. He literally said, tell your story. Yeah. Tell your story. And so, I had always in the past wanted to write a book. And so I've got lots of books, uh, fictional novels that I've started, but never, ever finished. And so it's very easy for my brain to create characters and create scenarios and situations. Um, and so I just kind of ran with what was innately part of me to create a story, to create a narrative, to create a fable. Um, so I did. Yeah. And I would say that these characters, 
are part of my subconscious. And so each each of the characters, and so there's five minks, there's John, there's Liz, there's Penny, um, there is, I forget the mentor's name, forgive me, <laughs> and then there's Joy, um, Jose, Jose is, is the mentor's name. And so each one of these characters in the book represents a piece of who I am. Yeah. So, for example, there's the mentor, the guy, there's John who wants to break free of um, you know, expectations and find his own space and place in life, which is really a tagline for the Question Guy podcast. Uh, there's Liz, who's kind of the, the main cheerleader behind it all and, you know, the popular girl, but really uh, the foundation by which everybody kind of goes to for support. And then there's Penny, and Penny was born with a deformity. So she was, uh, as a result of living in this very enclosed community, she was ostracized because she was different. Mm -hmm. So she's literally a misfit. And then there's Joy, and she's kind of the wannabe. She's always, uh, you know, Liz's shadow because she wants to be like Liz. She wants to be popular, and uh, she wants to be just noticed for who she is. And so I recognize I gave myself permission to to create these characters, which were each a part of me. That's powerful that you have an opportunity whereby you can now uh, put yourself, if you will, on uh, on those pages uh, to begin to have the conversation as you wish, as you are dealing with all the different characters that is you. And how did you begin to, um, as someone uh, outside of the show, if you will, someone that is designing this show, and you're putting these characters together, uh, how, what did, what started to happen to you in your day to day, um, how were you relaying, relating actually to your book, bringing it together? And then also, you still have these folks that you're chatting with, uh, on, from time to time. How did you blend it? So to give, uh, a backstory to the book, the book was initially designed to be a, like a, a training manual for my mentor's book. And so am I allowed to give a shout out real yeah. quick? Is that okay? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I'm when when this gets aired, um, <laughs> Mitch Gray, my mentor and close friend, uh, wrote a book, How to Hire and Keep Great People. So he's kind of like a leadership coach in his own right, HR coach in a different respect. So the book was initially designed to take the elements of leadership as he seen in his manuscript, mm -hmm. uh, create a story around that, um, and then use that as case study scenarios yes. to teach leadership. Um, so that was the initial design. And then we talked about, well, let's co-author. So now we're kind of maturing the idea. Yeah. Let's co-author a book between him and I. We'll create a new book um, to kind of expand on his leadership paradigm structure. Um, through life and how life gets in the way, he couldn't invest the time. So I said, well, let me... You know, like I said earlier, you know, my colleague said I need I need a book. <laughs> so I said, let me let me pull that out and pull back on the co-author component. Yeah. And what I did is to kind of flesh it out is uh, I created the backstory to all of these characters. So I literally fleshed it out that it's one cohesive story. So not only do we get the story of these five people literally going on their own journey, which is climbing up over a mountain and escaping their, their life. Yeah. 
but I gave the backstory to why John needs to do this, you know, his relationship with his mentor, what his relationship is with Liz and Penny and Joy. And so, you know, really digging a little bit deeper into their, their characters. But I also want to recognize that the book isn't just a, a narrative or fable. Um, the book has four different elements to each chapter. There is the fable itself. And so each chapter does talk about you know, what's going on with the characters, but it's preempted by a contextual element around leadership in some respect. Mm -hmm. So what does it mean to be a mentor? What does it mean to be authentic? What does it mean to be vulnerable? What does it mean to communicate properly? And things like that. So all the things that we talk about under leadership, servants, communication, building a team, all of those elements are discussed contextual yeah. and then through Apple are applied in the story. At the end of each chapter, I go back into the story and I take it apart mentally and then pose three questions related to either the context of whatever leadership component I'm talking about mm -hmm. or application in the story itself. Because I want the reader, now it's time for me to have that conversation with who's ever reading the book. And because I'm not there, my book is in their hands. Uh, I need to ask them questions. Did you really get it? Yeah. Did you really see this happen? Did you really understand what was going on with the characters? Because the characters represent real people. Um, even in their own limitations, they do represent real people. And then finally, the last page of each chapter is uh, an empty page. It's called, the title of the page is called Take Note, which is basically, I, I added a journal, mm -hmm. a journal page uh, at the end of each chapter because I wanted people to not just answer the questions, but reflect on what they've just learned and give them an opportunity to reflect, write, meditate on those ideas that are now popping up in head. Yeah, it's powerful. Hey, guys, anyone that's listening to us, this is uh, the title of the book is Walking the Path of Leadership, Leadership's Journey by Dr. Keith McNally. Buy it. Get it to your friends and family, uh, those that are... Uh, leadership is not just about your profession as far as work. It is about family. It's about a husband, a wife, a son, a brother, um, a sister, um, stuff like that. It's about relationship. Leadership is about relationship. How do you lead yourself? How do you lead? Uh, he talks about the tools that are within leadership uh, to become a powerful leader. One of those is communication, and that too, that skill, is needed in every aspect of your life with all of you, communication with yourself, communication with those outside of self. So here you are, though. You are putting this thing, you said you worked in the backstory, and talk to us about that feeling as you began to, uh, it begins to unfold and you're beginning to see it. And um, because that is a magical place, and I want you to try and find some words to uh, bring to it to describe that uh, uh, that high, if you will, that one gets as you begin to put it together and you get into the zone. Invite us into that space. I will do the best I can <laughs> because for me, that's a very natural space for me to be in. Yeah. Um, you know, and maybe that's part of the reason why I became a doctor because I'm always my space, my my comfort zone is my thoughts. Yeah. Um, so. I, I love to create. I love to create characters. I love to put uh, people in situations and find out how they're going to interact, you know, respond to those. So, the, to give context, 
I spent at least 30 minutes every day, so at night before I go to bed, um, literally handwriting. And literally, I mean, here's the pen, but you can't see it. Yeah. Uh, and, and the paper, and I'm writing out the story, I'm writing everything out. And so the next day, it will go on to a Microsoft Word document. And so there's the process. Um, I'm very comfortable with the story. So I'm thinking about what should happen. I'm thinking, I'm really thinking about if these people were real people, you know, think about their, you know, what they're, what is in a situation, you know, for example, um, at the onset of the book, you know, my eyes are closed. I'm picturing the scene in my head where John is talking with this mentor, Jose. Um, and this is where you know, we talked about, he says, I can't, I'm going to be 18 and I, I'm expected to take over my daddy's farm and I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't, I don't belong in this, in this valley with, I'm out of place here. And he's got this thing inside of him that he knows there's got to be more to life. Yeah. There's got to be more to the experience of living. And it, for me, it's not here. For everybody else around me, he can't understand why he doesn't fit in. I mean, he doesn't, it's just, it's not him. Yeah. And he says, I got to climb up. I got to find out what's on the other side. And his mentor said, okay, hmm. I understand. Um, so from that, we find out a bit more about the backstory of the community. Yeah. Um, the backstory of the community. So they've been in existence in this valley for so long that they, their, an, their own ancestry, they really forget how they settled it. And so in order to make community work, people have to work together. Um, so everybody kind of knows each other by first name, even if you live all the way across hmm. the other side of the lake. And you get the idea. Um, nobody talks about climbing over the mountain. Nobody talks about leaving. Um, everybody understands their place. Everybody understands their space. Everybody understands that they have to work together for the survival of the community. Yeah. And what we find out is three or four centuries earlier, so it's Jose's great-grandfather actually did cross over the mountain. Mm. But we, the, the whole community doesn't know that. Even you know, John doesn't know that. That's kind of a, a hidden secret yeah. um, and maybe even forgotten by the community as a whole. But the issue is his great-grandfather, which I you know, gave him a name, Juan, mm-hmm. um, actually wrote a journal. Wow. <laughs> about the story Mm -hmm. of going over the mountain because it was his both uh he was what had happened to to juan was he became critically ill um and could no longer take care of his family and as such he was ostracized by the community as a whole um all the things that we negatively call people failure and all that kind of stuff and so he didn't want to keep that reputation with his family so he decided to leave you know his world and so he crossed over the mountain but he came back. Yeah. Wow. Uh, he came back and he wrote this journal, which is now being passed on to John because Jose doesn't have a family, doesn't have any kids of yeah. his own. And his and his, his wife passed rather recently. Uh, so he's literally passing on his heritage to his mentee, to John. Oh, that's, and so, that's powerful. <laughs> yeah. That's powerful. But, but guys that are listening, uh, and I hope you're paying attention uh, to what Doc is saying, because he's laying out so much from and through his story. That is, many of you are there where John is, and you're questioning, and you know that you don't belong. And that's a good thing. Um, it is a great place to start, if you will, uh, that you begin to probe yourself and 
and began to look for different uh, um, answers than what you're accustomed to. And all of those that are around you that haven't moved, maybe families and friends that have never moved and gone beyond the where they're at, but there's some uncomfort within you. That is good stuff because it is it is now causing you to stretch you to begin to investigate them. And I tell people that's who we are when we become a and begin to walk in our journey. We become a perpetual investigator, meaning that we are always investigating, asking, you know, questions as to things that presents and why and so forth. And it moves us through. Another thing that Doc had mentioned, very powerful tool to incorporate in your life because I've I've done it in mine. And I do it in my I my evening when I'm away from everything. I'm now getting into my space where I am uh, coming into my bedroom. My bedroom is designed where it's not bright. I don't allow it to be too bright because it will wake me up. And so I have my lights that don't have my light in a certain uh, tone so I could sit down. I can write my faults. I can empty myself, if you will. And when I'm going down, what thought I choose for my individual journey, that's the one thought that I meditate on. And I go down meditating on that. I do that every night. In a few days, I tell people it becomes a part of you. And you wake up in the morning and before you know it, uh, it's a reality. And when you get to that place, it is yours. And so Doc talks about those things. He's just saying it in the story, but I'm telling you, they are powerful when you put them together. And those that are listening to this, we want you guys to put it together so that it can assist you to move through where you're at. Here you are, Doc. You're putting all this beautiful work together. And I love the book. I love the imagery that you talked about, Juan and his grandfather and all of these things that you have there. You're now going to bring this book out. You're, you're getting it out. I love this stuff because it never has to be planned. So how did you begin to move it through to the next phase, if you will? Um, because you got to let go of this now. And uh, some of us, you know, we have the rewrites upon the rewrites upon the rewrites and someone has to tell us, just let it go. So what type of person are you when it comes to your baby, if you will, uh, after you uh, did all the creation, you've given birth, you're looking at it, and what steps did you take? So for me, this is a self-published book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for some, when you talk to certain people, you know, they'll cringe at that and other people will celebrate that for, you know, my, my bravery, whatever that would be. Uh, this is entirely self-published. It is on Amazon. So at the forefront of the book, before, you know, I go into chapter one, there are several people who give praise for the book. Yeah. And so there's about a dozen or so, eight, nine, ten. Uh, people specifically that I handed it off to for a review. Yeah. So it was both a review um, and I said, if you find any things that need to be edited. So some, they all gave it a review. Of course, they all gave it a positive review, which is very nice. And so uh, their quotes and their comments are in the first couple of pages. Some went a bit more, you know, a bit deeper and said, you know, you should take a look at this section or does this doesn't sound right and so forth. So, uh, a lot of the editing was mine, however, mm-hmm. um, and of course that's limited because 
we often don't see the error of our own words because yeah. um, we've seen the words so, so many, many times. times. Uh, so, but I've did my best with that. Um, other people went through it, you know, a bit, you know, again with their own fine tooth comb and made some significant, you know, suggestions on, well, this is actually written wrong or blah blah blah, and you get the idea. Uh, so it did go through several different edits, none of them, you know, from a professional editor. Um, and then it was published, published uh, through lulu.com and it's, you could buy it on Amazon. Um, with that, that process is both painstaking and glorious all at the same time. But it is what it is. Yeah. And so, and I didn't have a quote unquote audience prior to it. So this is really the book it, in and of itself is a project, a passion project. So yeah. It's my project. It's my story. It's my, it's literally my story in narrative format. Um, so right now, 2023 and going forward, you know, it's my responsibility to get people excited about it, understand the story. And so I'm picking up momentum with that. I'm here talking to you about it. I've talked to uh, other podcast hosts about it. So I'm slowly generating interest mm -hmm. across the globe. And so my goal, my goal is really twofold. I have a monetary goal. I would love to get a million of them sold. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, but for people who are listening to this conversation, know that I'm on a dual mission. So it's not just about selling the book. Um, so my story gets a little complicated from here. Uh, I have... I'm donating half, 50% of earned revenue in the book on services that support emotional and psychological well-being and suicide prevention. Uh, I am partnered with right now one nonprofit agency who provides leadership type of training, but more on, a, on the bend of psychological um, well-being and emotional growth uh, here locally in Virginia. So like I said, I'm in the States. Yeah. And so 50% of all earned revenue goes to support that program specifically. Um, I am doing is I'm also, this is kind of like where it gets complicated. Hmm. Uh, also on a campaign, uh, to raise another million dollars because I'm going to hike through the Appalachian Trail. And for those of you who are not on uh, the East Coast of the United States, it is a 2,193 yep. mile trek. From Georgia to Maine. Um, the goal is to raise a million by 12 months from now. So from September this year to September 2024, hike it in 2025. I'm taking, so quite literally, I'm taking the story and I'm living it. Uh, I'm taking people up and over a mountain range. Yeah. So there's going to be, right now there's three of us, me and two others. I need some support elements here in the States. I need monies. Uh, sponsors, uh, and of course, a chunk of that $1 million is going to go to support uh, suicide prevention services because I'm on a, a campaign to prevent or at least to mitigate and minimize the number of people who commit suicide each year. And so I know I'm one of many who are on that campaign, not necessarily working together with me, but I would love to see that happen. Yeah. Uh, but more and more, uh, what we're finding is that people have lost their way in, in life. And I know that's kind of part of the foundation of why you have conversations with those to kind of help them regain yes. a sense of awareness, and purpose, and value. Uh, but for those who we lose, uh, they actually take their own life. And that's kind of really sad. And so I'm having those conversations uh, with people. And actually, the first uh, 
uh, like I said earlier, I've got a new podcast called the Envision Speaker Series. And the first conversation with my panel members focused on men's mental health and suicide prevention. Just about every time you turn around, uh, somebody that you talk to knows somebody who is either died by suicide or knows somebody who knows somebody yeah. who's died by suicide. It's more prevalent uh, than the statistics, I think, tell us. I think um, with the onset of COVID, it, uh, it, it kind of highlighted that because there are a lot of yeah. folks that um, are not able to manage being alone. Um, a lot of folks don't like what they see. And so uh, those are some of the conversations. That's why I have folks like yourself to come on to let people know we're all ugly in a little way. <laughs> but we, wa- we work on getting pretty. And how we work on getting pretty is we work on ourselves. We learn how to, to you know, you had mentioned the terminology self-love. But I think it's, it's much deeper than that. Self-love is, is um, overused by some of these folks. Uh, it, it's a deeper commitment to the self uh, where you're learning how to be, um, you know, beyond loving you, accepting, being empathetic, all of these different things, um, being kind to yourself. I try to tell people that they're one of a kind. They're special. They're that special. And so you ought to treat yourself that way. And you have Doc who is uh, working with the folks that need help. Some have gotten lost, and we want to be able to help, and we will do anything we can. Uh, the audience that are here, that are listening to us, um, I want you guys to do your best to support financially, but also to um, purchase Doc's book as well, because when you purchase his book, you are supporting financially. So. I want you guys to do that. And again, uh, for those that are in quote unquote corporate America, the corporate world that are seeking leadership, you can buy for your friends and stuff like that. Buy for your boss, changes, uh, <laughs> change how he is or how she is, you know. So, but here you are, Doc, you're about to embark on some. I have a friend of mine that did it uh, a couple of years ago. She took some people as well and, um, were uh, able to complete it. And uh, had some really powerful. I need story. to talk to that person. Yeah. She, she hiked the Appalachian yeah. Trail. Mm-hmm. I'll get her information. I for need you. to talk to this person. <laughs> I'll get you her information. I know she's all over the place. I gotta see where she's at, and I'll, I'll email you all of that information once I get in touch with her. But here you are. You've done your thing. You've put your book out, and uh, you're about to push yourself beyond um, and bringing some folks to let them. As you said, you know, show them, take them uh, to the other side. That uh, that journey will teach them some stuff about themselves. Because uh, having mm-hmm. a conversation uh, with Adrian, she told me the, uh, people learn who they were when they went on those trips. And so, um, any of those uh, those guys, anyone that's listening to this and want to get in touch with with Doc and want to get on that uh, trip, get in touch with him. We're going to provide all of his information so that you can company him and um, as I said, get to know uh, this uh, gentleman so that he can uh, give you some insight as you're walking and moving forward. Uh, Doc, I want to thank you so much for coming to the Threads of Enlightenment. I know we just touched the surface and I wanted to stay here a little so that we can focus on your book and, um, and the work that you're doing because I know your background 
is dealing with mental health. He has studied, he did that, he worked in that field. And there are many of our people, um, when I say our people, those that are part of the human race that are in pain. And we want to reach out and, and uh, here at Threads of Enlightenment, we want to be uh, a beacon for you guys to be able to reach Doc. And uh, he will help you to get out of pain. He will guide you. He will put you in places that you can get support and all of those things. Talk to us. Talk to Doc before you make the decision. I'm sure he would make himself available. I would as well because we know how precious you are. Again, Doc, I want to thank you so much for coming to Threads of Enlightenment. Ken, thank you so much for having me as a guest, and I completely appreciate this conversation because it's conversations that make things happen. Thank you. Thank you so much, sir.